and thanks for tuning in to the Breast Cancer Action Podcast. Breast Cancer Action is not your average breast cancer organization, and this is not your average podcast. We're people-powered and we're fiercely independent, radical and compassionate. We never shy away from the hard truths. We bring you the facts and we tell it like it is about breast cancer and what you can do about it. Welcome to the Breast Cancer Action Podcast. I'm Karuna Jagger, the Executive Director of Breast Cancer Action, and I'm your host today. We're going to be talking about our 2019 Think Before You Pink campaign. And with me is Jayla Burton, Breast Cancer Action's Program Officer, who I'm happy to say joined our team earlier this year. Welcome, Jayla. Thanks, Karuna. I'm really happy to be here and looking forward to this conversation about telling folks more about the campaign in more detail. Um, But before we get started, why don't you go ahead and tell folks who may be wondering what is Breast Cancer Action's Think Before You Pink campaign anyways? Oh, that's a great beginning, Jayla. So Think Before You Pink was started in 2002, long before I came to Breast Cancer Action. And every year, Breast Cancer Action calls out an egregious pinkwasher. Those are corporations that claim to care about breast cancer, usually by marketing some pink ribbon product, but they're actually failing to take the most basic steps to ensure that their products don't increase the risk of breast cancer. This year, 3M is trying to use their pretty pink ribbon, easy peel-off post-its to distract us from the fact that their toxic forever chemicals may actually increase the risk of breast cancer. That's pinkwashing. And together, we can make 3M clean up their act. So that is a really big part of what drew me to come work at Breast Cancer Action. Um, For years and years and years, I have known people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, who are affected by breast cancer, and as an activist and someone who wants to help, thinking about the different ways that I can help, but always being skeptical at the, you know, pink ribbon products that, you know, flood the markets in the month of October. And I never really knew how to put a name to that. And Breast Cancer Action really gave me the language for what I was feeling and also connected me with other people who were feeling the exact same way. Um, So for that reason, I'm very inspired by the success of past campaigns and I'm excited about what we can do this year. You talked with me a little bit about your own evolving relationship with Pink Ribbon Promotions, Jayla. I'd love if you would share that with our listeners. Yes. So I do have a few friends and a few family members that have been diagnosed with breast cancer over the years. And I've always seen myself as an ally to people who have breast cancer, whether that's people who are in my own circle or people that I don't really know. And Think Before You Pink really gives me the space to be an ally that is not only concerned about people who are directly affected with breast cancer, but people who have the potential to be affected by breast cancer. This specific campaign is enraging because it affects all of us. You know, these chemicals that 3M is pushing out and that 3M has defended for such a long time can put me at risk, can put my family at risk, can put my friends at risk, can put anyone at risk. And I think that is the most maddening thing about this. I think a lot of people have that experience. Um, Often there's just one 
particular pink ribbon product that just is so egregious or so exploitative or just completely off base. And that sort of mild questioning that things don't feel right just turns to total outrage when folks really realize what's going on. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you mean. And that's, you know, kind of what I experienced this year in the prep for the Think Before You Paint campaign. Um, but at first, 3M's pink stethoscopes and pink ribbon post-its didn't seem like they were, you know, that big of a deal. It didn't seem like, wow, this is, this is nothing to be super upset about. Um, and the further we got into it, um, it turns out that, wow, this is something that is of huge concern. I know a lot of us have that experience. Those pink post-its seem so innocuous. I mean, frankly, they're everywhere um, until you know about the company behind them. Even the presence of 3M in the world today, they're being sued by a number of states for drinking water contamination. And one study even estimated that 110 million Americans have unsafe levels of PFAS in their drinking water. Um, so it's in the water, it's in cow's milks, it's in breast milk, and it's just, you know, awful where we're finding these toxic chemicals. So let's begin with the basic. What even are PFAS? What are we talking about? And what are the concerns about this class of chemicals? PFAS stands for per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. It's a group of highly fluorinated synthetic chemicals, and they're used to repel oil and water. Because there's thousands of these chemicals, we're going to refer to the whole class, these PFAS. But two of the oldest and most well-studied chemicals in this group are PFOA and PFOS, PFOA and PFAS with an O. Uh, you can see why folks sometimes call these the alphabet soup of chemical compounds. The thing is, they're everywhere. They're in all of us. Jayla, tell us some of what you found. So PFAS are used in waterproof clothing. It's used in food packaging, stain-resistant carpet, firefighting foam, and um, even some medical products. So they're in plastics of our electronic devices, and they're everywhere, not to mention the individuals who are exposed in the workplace um, with dealing with these chemicals directly. To get down to the, the simple fact is that I've never heard of PFAS prior to, you know, kind of digging into this campaign. And it seems like it's something that's very complicated, but it's very easy to understand when you put it in terms of that they are everywhere and that they're in all of us. Um, a study found that at least one PFAS is in the bodies of 98% of Americans. Um, however, most researchers agree that we're all exposed. These PFAS have been found in the bodies of indigenous people in the Arctic who aren't even directly using products like Scotchgard that contains these chemicals. It's pretty disgusting to think of all the people that are, are carrying this body burden of PFAS. So we, of course, are a breast cancer organization, and it's those links to breast cancer that are our focus. So in preparation for this campaign, we both spent a lot of time talking with more than a dozen researchers, environmental health activists, public health professionals, different folks who are working on these PFAS, and what we learned was horrific. There's no question that the people who are working on this issue, who know the most, are really worried about the evidence that PFAS may increase the risk of breast cancer. Researchers shouldn't do randomized controlled experiments on humans with PFAS. For the most part, what we have to do when it comes to environmental health is look at the weight of the evidence. And here's what we know. 
PFAS are known to cause some cancers, mainly testicular and kidney cancer, but there's a lot of concern about a range of other cancers. We know that these chemicals interfere with normal hormone functioning. And as we always say, breast cancer is a hormone-driven disease, and the most common treatments for breast cancer target the hormone system. In addition, PFAS have been shown to suppress the immune system. And at first, folks might think, well, what does that have to do with breast cancer? But the immune system is really the first line of defense against cancer. And, and when you suppress the immune system, that can hinder the body's ability to prevent rogue cells from growing into breast cancer. And even low doses of PFAS have been shown to change the structure of the mammary gland. It can interfere with breastfeeding and it delays the maturation of the mammary gland in a way that researchers are concerned can make a more susceptible breast that's later susceptible to breast cancer. One of 3M's own consultants warned that the chemical used for years in Scotchgard, that's PFAS with an O, is one of the, quote, strongest cancer promoters I've ever seen, end quote, he says, because it interferes with the ability of cells to communicate with each other. So the evidence is damning. We are very concerned about the ways in which PFAS may increase the risk of breast cancer, and we already know a whole host of other health harms associated with PFAS exposures. And 3M is trying to cover it all up with pink ribbon products. I mean, it just, I don't know how that couldn't make someone just so angry. They claim to be a good corporate citizen and claim to say that they care about, you know, reminding people for a good cause, but they're really just trying to distract us while they continue to create damage and continue to expose us to toxic chemicals that can really have negative impacts on our health. Exactly. So, you know, we know that they're just covering this all up. So what are some examples of some of the things you found? We've already talked about the pink ribbon post-its. We know they're selling these pink stethoscopes to raise money for breast cancer. What else has 3M done over the years? Over the years, they've also done pink ribbon stationery kits, pink ribbon hard hats, and also another promotion um, for pink ribbon packaging tape. Right. Because if we can just package it up and put a pink ribbon on it, all that breast cancer will go away and we don't have to think about their PFAS anymore. The more we learn, the more it's become clear that 3M has played a central and I would say really sinister role in promoting PFAS. They, for 70 years, delayed the release of really important science that prevented regulators from taking action to protect public health. They denied the findings of that science, and then they started distracting us with bad studies. Um, at some point, they've begun to claim or at least seek health benefit uh, of these PFAS that we know actually are harming our health. Meanwhile, they've been pointing the finger at DuPont and trying to tell us they're not as bad as DuPont, but we know that their pink ribbon promotions just can't cover up their poisonous PFAS. That's why we're asking everyone to join us in telling 3M's executives that if 3M really cares about breast cancer, they will take the necessary steps to ensure that they're not contributing to the breast cancer epidemic, and they will end the production, use, and sale of all PFAS. So Jayla, tell us more about some of the short chain replacements that 3M is trying to use to substitute for PFOA and PFAS. So when 3M finally responded to the health and environmental harms of long chain PFAS, um, they started making 
short chain PFAS. And so the reason that they're called short chain is originally the long chain PFAS were made up of an eight chain carbon. Um, now they were using the short chain PFAS and the reason they are referred to as short chain PFAS is because they're now using a six or four carbon molecule instead. Um, so the industry tells us that these chemicals are safe. Um, however, there is still a lot of evidence in many of the health and environmental concerns that are similar to the long chain PFAS. Yeah, it's um, there's actually a new report that was just released last week, and we're, and I'm really pleased that we're going to have the investigative journalist who uncovered this. Um, Sharon Lerner will be joining us on episode three of Breast Cancer Actions podcast. But just in brief, the report found that 3M submitted reports to the EPA showing health risks for 21 of these newer short chain PFAS chemicals that 3M makes. So instead of cleaning up their business, business to show us that they care about breast cancer, 3M is really just continuing to contribute to a forever problem with these forever chemicals. Industry tells us that they're really useful, but PFAS are not safe, and 3M needs to stop making, using, and selling them. Anytime they tell us that there is a so-called essential use, what 3M really needs to do is to develop non-fluorinated safe alternatives. That's the best way they can show us how much they care about breast cancer. JLo, we talk to so many individuals and community groups who are on the front lines of PFAS exposure. Um, is there anyone that sticks out for you? Yeah, so there is one person in particular. Her name is Loreen. She is a longtime resident of Hoodsick Falls, New York, um, and she has been actively raising awareness about the PFOA contamination in her community. Um, her entire family lives in Hoodsick Falls, and they have very high levels of PFOA in their blood. The source of that was through contaminated drinking water. So tracing that back to companies like 3M and, you know, they have their lawsuits going on in numerous states for water contamination. So Loreen has offered to share her story and her work that she's been doing with us. So we invite you in to read her blog post, which will be highlighted in, within our campaign um, to learn a little bit more about her and put a face to this forever problem. Thanks for sharing that, Jayla. Loreen's story is so powerful. And as is many of the other folks that we've spoken to, I want to give a huge shout out to the number of community groups which are working to force 3M and other companies to clean up the devastating effect of the PFAS contamination. Um, there's a lot of different community groups across the country um, that have been working for years, and it's been an honor to partner with them. And I hope that folks will join us by looking at the blog and learning more about some of these um, community activists and community groups. So knowing all the information that we have about PFAS, Suddenly, those pink ribbon post-its and other pink products that 3M has marketed over the years don't seem so innocuous anymore. It's the truth. Well, I hope that everyone listening will join us and take action. Go to our website, bcaction.org. We make it easy to send a letter to the 3M executives telling them to stop making, using, and selling all PFAS be sure to join us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Tell your friends and encourage them to join you in taking action. Everyone is aware of breast cancer, 
And if shopping could cure breast cancer, no one would still be dying. But companies like 3M are profiting off of concern about breast cancer while actually contributing to risk of the disease. Jayla, thanks so much for joining me and sharing the inside scoop on this year's Think Before You Pink campaign. We've got a lot more in store for you over the month of October. One of those things is our next episode of the Breast Cancer Action Podcast, where I'll be talking with investigative journalist Sharon Lerner. In the meantime, I hope everyone will take action, spread the word, and do something besides worry. Hey, thanks for listening to the Breast Cancer Action Podcast. All of our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. We want to hear from you. Tell us your stories, share your questions. Let us know who you want to hear from and who we should invite as a guest on the show. You can share your ideas by emailing info at bcaction.org or reaching out on Facebook or Twitter. While you're there, sign up for the emails to get the latest on all the rest of Breast Cancer Action's work. And if you value what you heard today, please support our work by donating on our website, bcaction.org, because together we can do something besides worry.